Blog Talk Radio. Okay, my name is Raina Starr. I am your host for the hour. Joining me shortly is the amazing Mickey Mueller, and we're going to talk about art and COVID and life and all that good kind of stuff. But before we get to that, Desperate House, which is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so if dirty talk, bad language, bodily functions, or anything I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I think it will be because we always try to have a good time. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. And without further ado, tonight's guest, artist, author, good friend of mine, person that I adore, Mickey Mueller. Hey, Mickey. Hi, Raina. How are you? Oh, girl, please. Are you kidding me? The world the world has gone mad. I mean, you know, it's we're going we're, yeah. we're kind of in a weird place with this pandemic situation like like folks are excited to be able to go yeah. outside and it's great, but I don't think people realize that there's now this new crazy fucked up strain of the disease that's like <laughs> yeah. killing people. Uh, so yeah. I, and, yeah. And I heard one case where it hit a building or it hit an office and like everyone died except for the person who got vaccinated. So yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> it might be a good idea Jeez. if you can get vaccinated. I know there are instances mm. when you can't, but Right. If you can, please do it for your safety and the safety of your family. But anyway, um, so I wanted to ask you some questions about, you know, I know a lot of folks did a lot of stuff online, and that was fun and very groovy. But I was wondering if the pandemic has changed anything in your approach to art, the, the fact that you've been somewhat – you know, kind of, I would assume, isolated for the, from the pandemic like most people. And I was just wondering, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're a great artist. You have a beautiful Etsy shop. Hint, hint, folks, check out Mickey's art on Etsy. It's Mickey mm-hmm. Mueller Studios on Etsy. Um, great shop. And, and Mickey does great videos and tutorials on YouTube, just FYI. Um, But seriously, I was just wondering, because I know some folks' perspectives have changed, feelings have changed, politics has entered into it, science has entered into it. What what have you picked up, uh, or has anything affected you at all? Because usually art is a somewhat solitary function. So, like, tell me what what you've been doing, what you've been going through. Yeah, well, it's it's a super solitary (laughs) And as far as, like, our everyday life here at home, it's like a lot of things never change because we work out of our home. Dan and I, we we run our our Etsy shops and then my publishing, um, the illustrations I do for my publisher. I do that all at home. So that part of it hasn't changed. But how we have, you know, um, reacted to everything else has changed and it's it, like this this past over a year we've been doing this for more than a year now yeah it has been like uh, sure. for, for me it's been really hard to be creative it's been like walking through concrete you know it's just been wow. really yeah. some days are better than others and you know, some days I feel like I can I can have that joyful feeling and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so, you know, full of energy and I want to create. But I'll be honest, the pandemic just took 
sapped all of my energy because I would, you know, just going to the grocery store was freaking stressful, yeah. you know. I mean, just just getting out of the car and going into a store gave me so much worry and anxiety because, you know, I have other health I have health problems too. I'm I'm an older broad, and I have you know I have like autoimmune disorders, and you know what I'm saying. So if we you know sure. we already have we already have like minor versions of some of the symptoms of like the people who have it for a long time, and it's like I already right. know what I have is bad enough. I don't want to get I don't want to have any more you know to deal with. So for me, the sure. fear is being oh, a caller. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I've got enough chronic stuff. Thank you very much. So we are all vaccinated at my house. (laughs) And it's such a relief. But I still wear a mask some places because, ew. (laughs) You know? It's really hard. But, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe I. Do you think? um, I I was just going to ask you. Do you think? Yeah, well, and I wanted to ask you, as long as you had brought that up, do you think they reopened everything prematurely? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You do? I do. Okay. In fact, here's the thing. That anybody who's listening to this, here's the thing that you guys need to understand, right? I live in Missouri. Go ahead and Google yeah. <laughs> or whatever browser you're using. Which state is, like, in the worst shape right now? I mean, oh, my gosh. Missouri is not in good shape. Not in good shape. We had a mask mandate that lasted for one month. Yeah, Yeah. one month. Wow. I'm not even kidding when I say this. I had a police officer in my small town that I live in come knocking on my door because somebody sideswiped my uh, mirror on my car. During the mask mandate, oh, and oh. guess who had no mask on? Had no mask on. So what I'm oh, saying no. is, my state has not taken it seriously. I had a, I put a mask on. I heard a knock at the door, and I kept one by my door. So I grabbed it and I threw it on, and I opened the door, and there he was, no mask. Hey man, somebody sideswiped your car down the way. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, is there damage? He goes, no. Right. I was like. Fine, whatever. I, I don't. I don't want to deal with it. We're having a pandemic. It's ridiculous. But yeah, know. you know. So my state has not been, not been very good. And even the thing is, even during the mask mandate, lots of people were like, whatever, you know. And now, weirdly enough, really, we're one yeah. of the states with the least amount of vaccines, and one of and one of the states with the highest amount of people who are going in the hospital right now. With COVID, I don't know. Can we make a correlation? I think it's safe to say we can. I would think. I'm, I'm I would saying. Think. I, I, you know, it's and very frustrating. I just find it real. And it's not just your state. I mean, no, I know you know, we not. can't put it all on. Yeah. I mean, look at Florida. Yeah. Don't even make me. But yeah. anyway. Oh, bless and it scares them all. Me because, I just feel so bad for right? people in Florida right now. I know. It's it's a little mind numbing because they it, it really I don't is. know what it is about having a Republican governor that seems to make people lose their minds, but apparently somebody's mm-hmm. lost their mind because yeah I mean they're they're having hospitalizations at an alarming rate as well, and yeah. uh, it's to say it's nerve wracking is an understatement. I mean there's a lot there's a lot that's being you know, just like the lie about who won the election. I mean, <laughs> we were having oh this my conversation <laughs> about, people being, about people who are masked as opposed to people who are not wearing masks. And it's a very simple question. All you have to do is if you see someone without a mask and you're, like, not sure if they were vaccinated or not, there's a very simple question you can ask them. Who is the legitimate president of the United States right now? Yeah, yeah. And, and why did we Biden, have to put? Why did we have to politicize safe. a health issue? You know, I don't know why. The, know. Why did the, our country decide to turn this into? It's COVID never should have been a political issue. It should be a health issue. But I they, agree. It, it all got twisted around, and yeah, it's 
you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. That's very true. That's a good way to tell. Well, in the town I live in, I just assume I mean, that none of them have been vaccinated, but I have. Wow. <laughs> and that's, that's frightening. See, on my street, I live in an oasis of liberalism, and that's wonderful. I love my neighbors because <laughs> I need to we, we all think alike. Serious. We we all live on a street where, I mean, and we have all of the liberal platitudes up and down, and the signs up and down our historic street because I live in a historic, mm-hmm. yeah, and they all have you know the whole um, love is love, Black Lives Matter, um, all people are welcome here. I mean. When you walk That's down amazing. my street, you feel the love. Yes, right. It's a great That's place. So I'm cool. very lucky. And I know I'm lucky. I, yeah, I do. You are lucky because I'll be honest, but, uh, I would not, I can't put anything like that out. And even though I feel very strongly, wow. you know, I mean, my son and his right. boyfriend live here. Let's just, you know, so these, these, these uh, yeah. issues are very important to me. I can't put any of that out because I'm afraid of what might happen. I mean, I, I just... It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you just wouldn't believe. It's like day and night, man. I don't know. Oh, I would it's believe it. Weird. But there's areas in Missouri where you can go and it's not. I mean, we drove into St. Louis uh, for a, a health appointment uh, for my son's boyfriend. And when we were in St. Louis, uh-huh. I mean, we saw lots of lots of Black Lives Matter, lots of love signs, lots of, you know, uh, supporting, you know, the LGBTQ community and things like this. And, you know, you see that all over there. You, the only thing we see around here are still signs from the last election for the guy that didn't win. Uh-huh. <laughs> Crazy, right? Still, I mean, so seriously. Like, I don't know. Can we just, let's just get, you know, <laughs> let's just get real. Because <laughs> really there's, we have a lot. Oh. We have a lot of bigger problems in that we need to deal with, and this is one of them. I mean, it makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me very sad because I wonder yeah. how many people, how many more people am I going to lose? You know, it's heartbreaking. It's a good question. <laughs> when, and you know, you know, it because is. you're and the it, same way. When you're when you have friends online that you know, like people like you that I've never met in person. But you're my friend, you know what I mean? Right. And I have lots of people oh, like absolutely. that online who are my friends. And, you know, legit, even though they're online friends, who, like, said a thing and made my day better. Or I'm rooting for them because they're struggling with something. And all of these things, and, and we have this community, this web of the community, the witch communities that we have online, the pagan communities, and all of these people who we may not have ever met, but who matter to us, who are important to us. And this pandemic has made it really hard because I've lost some of those people. And I also have some of those people who who have, who are long haulers now, you know. Um, it's really yeah. a terrible thing. I, one, of, one, of my, one of my friends like that online literally is one of the people who got a double lung transplant because of it. And it's like, it just makes it so real. Wow. I think there's a lot of people who are in smaller spaces and who really don't have that kind of outreach and connection to people in other states, much less other countries. They're really in their own little worlds, and they don't understand that, yes, this is real. I literally know people who have gone through this, and it's scary. And, you know, I mean, I've... I've got online friends who are doctors and nurses who are like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at what they're going through. And it's just, to me, it's unbelievable that people don't believe it, still don't believe at this point that it's real. But but they're living in these little, these very, very small bubbles, and they're not trying to reach out and see the bigger picture. And it just makes me sad because Mm -hmm. these kinds of of, uh, ways of looking at the world through this very small attitude is it, going to in in the end of at the end of the day will cost lives in this instance and that's that's the most unfortunate thing to me you know so I, I yeah, it's really hard I, to watch I totally all these agree. things unfold and then 
realizing, you know, that I'm literally on Yahoo News right now looking at Missouri outbreak shows how the Delta variant will kill. I'm literally looking at that on my screen on my computer right now. I'm I'm in Missouri. I'm in the middle of Missouri, and it's wow. like okay, so not in the middle, but you know, I'm there, and you know, so it does. It's really hard. It's like how many more people? I mean, thank goodness most of my most. Well, I can't even say most. A lot of my friends have gotten the vaccine. I think all of my family has at this point. So even extended family, they all went and got. So I'm like, okay, that's good because they're, you know, um, they're saying that it it really makes a difference. And uh, but I just I would rather not get it at all. So, yeah, there's some places I don't go without a mask still. Okay, I walked in. This is funny. Listen to this. I walked into a local store. Okay. Because I was looking for some lavender because I've got an upcoming video I'm going to do for YouTube about some lavender spells. Okay. And I have lavender in my yard, but it's not the same. You know, it's, I want the really long stocks for this project that I was doing for this video. So I had ordered some lavender. And I walked in there, you guys, with no mask on because it was, I had the vaccine. And it's like I have to try to just, you know, I have to try at least just see what this is going to be like right. because you know we ha- and I did I, I literally asked my therapist I'm like how the hell am I going to do this I have to just in with no mask on it was just it was a florist shop it was real slow it was just myself and the lady that worked there and it felt like having no pants on <laughs> you know what I mean wow yeah I, Because it's been a year I've been walking around with the mask on my face. I was like, this just feels super weird. In a way, it was kind of good. I was like, all right, all right. This is cool. This is cool. You know, but it did. It kind of felt like having no pants on. (laughs) It was very awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I do understand that feeling. Oh, no, I and I get it, because there's still a lot of places, even where I live in, in North Carolina, where you're still required, if you're going to come in, you yeah. have to wear a mask. There's, there's no question. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have no problem with that. I mean, anyone oh, who wants true. to err on the side of caution, I'm, I'm all for that. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, Last weekend was the first festival I had been to in over two years. So there were some wow. there were some street festivals for Juneteenth, and oh, cool. we took masks with us, but we were like paranoid. <laughs> yeah, it feels we really were like, wrong. Is it okay to take your mask off? Well, because. You know, we've worn them for so long. Like you said, it's like being, like, not having pants. It's crazy. And, (laughs) you know, it's a a very weird sensation to, like, be able to walk around even outside without a mask after being sequestered for so long. It's just the oddest feeling. I mean, it was great, but it was really weird. Yeah. But we got over it. I mean, Because, of course, none of us have ever experienced this before. I was going to say, can you imagine that there was a time where we just, like, hugged people and and it wasn't a second thought and we were, like, in public and and it was nothing, it was no big deal? I know. I I literally, the first person you hug, right, after you've had your vaccine and they've had their vaccine and you get that hug, it was amazing. I'll never forget that yeah. moment. That was like, you know, and it's just a friend of mine. But it was like we had a big hug, and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is what we've been missing this whole time. And it's like, it's just, like, so good. It's so good, you know. And, yeah, going out with a ma- without a mask yeah. was actually pretty amazing. And we've done it in a couple of places. But we're, we're using a lot of discernment about, yeah. you know, how we get out there. We're using a lot of discernment, and we're really watching this Delta outbreak in Missouri right now because, you know, that's going to be a, a big factor as to whether we go where and where we go, you know, all of this. So I don't know. Right now I, I'm going yeah. down to the river and just laying in the river with just me and my husband <laughs> hanging out. To me, that's like the best little old right. time right now. I'm loving that. Yeah. So, sure. Uh, 
Are you it's a concerned? Lot. Are you? Con- I know it's a lot, but are you concerned about things going back to some kind of level of normal? Are you like? Are you hesitant about it? Are you ready for it? Are you excited about it? Are you like? I don't know. I've been kind of enjoying my solitude. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of different feelings about it. So I was wondering, you know, what your thoughts were. Well, I'll tell you what, because of the the nature of the work that I do and my normal, what my normal lifestyle is, is like really being sequestered anyway. I'm ready to go places. I really am, and and that's (laughs) one of the reasons for the frustration about the Delta thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me right now? I really want to go sit in a restaurant and have somebody bring me some food, you know? I really want to – I'd love to go sit in a movie theater, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But even a drive-in would be fantastic, you know? Um, I just – I want to, I want to travel. I really, and, and I didn't have the bug so much before, but right now I'm like, oh my gosh, my right. kids went to New Orleans. My daughter took her family to New Orleans. Uh, this They were there over the weekend and I was there literally right. three years ago to the day when they were there uh, signing right. books and hanging out with some of my fellow Llewellyn authors. And um, right I, I'm dying to go back. I want to go back to you know. I want to get on a plane and fly to New Orleans. But I'm as much as I want to. It's a difference between wanting to do something and needing to do something. I need to stay healthy more than I want sure. to go to the places. So it's that balancing. And again, that discernment is, you know, maybe next year I can do that, or you know, something like this. Maybe you know, they drove down, which was better than getting on a plane, if you know. I think, but, um, yeah, I, you know, my husband doesn't drive. So if we're going down, I'm doing all the driving and I'm like, mm, that's a long, that's a long haul. I think I'll wait till I can take a plane. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> really? I, I see. And, and planes already. Okay. So I, I'm phobic about airplanes and that's, oh, you know, okay. obviously so that's, that's a whole just different me, factor, right? <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's a bunch of different things all together. And, sure. you know, I'm, I'm already paranoid about that. But my best friend came to visit, and we've known each other literally. I mean, we met when we were 10, so it's almost 50 years. That's 5 not 1-5. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and she, wow. and she cool. drove, she drove up, yeah, she drove up from Florida, and she's like, it's crazy out there, and she's fully vaccinated too. And and my whole household right. has been fully vaccinated for like over a month now, or two mm. at this point. Actually, it's I think it's two now. But you know, she got home and she called me this morning, and she's sick as a dog. And I'm like, oh my god, what oh, happened? No. And, Immediately, immediately, I jump to the worst possible conclusion, which is not what it is. As we do, it's just that now, <laughs> right? Like you do. Um, but yeah. of course, we jump to the worst possible conclusion because this is what we've been dealing with for the last two years, and it's like she's got a sinus yeah. infection, and I've got a cold, and <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. right? Oh my God, I haven't right. had a cold. I haven't had a cold since we started wearing the damn masks. Me too. So I like, know. Oh, oh my, my whole household, nobody was sick <laughs> for a year, and that's unheard of for us. So, yeah, that's I it's know. like, oh, gosh. So but then when the mask comes off and you get a yeah. cold, you're like, you, you immediately go, oh. <laughs> right. Exactly what I did. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's very, it was, it was very funny. Absolutely, that's what we call a trauma response. Oh, <laughs> right? Can, can, oh my can you say uh, almost a PTSD response? Yeah, oh my no gosh, kidding. it was no kidding. It, We're in the wrong business, really, girl. I think we should both go get a license and become therapists because that's going to be the business to be in. After all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it would be, except that, 
but I would think I'm catching everything. So that's another problem yeah, on me top too. of everything me else. Too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll just leave it to the professionals. <laughs> yeah. That's my you. feeling it's, about it. It's yeah. true. It's true. But, well, you, I, will, you know, I will say, if, getting the, I don't know if it's. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, bah, 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 bah. you first. Um, I, know. I don't know if it's affected my um, art as much as it maybe affected my writing because like last year, um, right in the beginning of all of the crazy things that was happening, I got a message from uh, Llewellyn and seeing if I wanted to write an article. And it seems like they always ask me, do you want to write an article um, for one of our almanacs or something coming up? And it's always when I have like some crazy crisis and that's the only thing I can think of. So I just write about that. <laughs> and um, wow. you know, apply, apply magic to it, of course. So I ended up writing, and it's, I think I can't remember. They're so far ahead. But I, I wrote an article about um, Echelandishvari, who is the goddess never not broken. And it's, like, all about, like, my therapy journey and the COVID thing and everything just, like, you know how crazy everything is and how, how being, being partially broken and reforming yourself all of the time gives you power. So it's like a really empowering kind of concept. Just people look up goddess never not broken. It's really cool. Um, I learned about it through a podcast that my therapist recommended when I had just started and she just like stayed with me in my head and I did a ton of, research from you know good sources you know um because she's you know a goddess a hindu goddess so i i got all my sources from people who are actually practicing and stuff but it's more about the personal my personal journey of the concept of that really and stuff like that so it's like very interesting stuff but yeah that idea of brokenness versus being mended yeah you know it comes up a lot there's you know those those beautiful, uh, you know, vases, and, and when they're broken, they mend them back with gold and things like that. And then we think about like yes. our bones when our bones are broken. When we when we break a bone, the part where those bones knit yeah. together is actually stronger than the bone was before yeah. in that one spot. So it's like all of these things. Thinking about how how mending ourselves, how how being broken is admitting that we have a problem that we need to solve and then yeah. really stepping up and trying to solve the problem. Even though we're trying to mend a broken thing, we can actually make it more beautiful and stronger and better than it was before it was broken. Yeah. And that's like pretty cool. So I'm kind of trying to embrace that concept into all of these things. And some days it's easier than others. Some days it's really hard, you know, so it just depends on the Absolutely. day and the mood and what's happened, you know, in that particular moment in time. I spent like two weeks being super angry with the world about a month ago where I was just like, and people who know me, I'm like, you know, usually a pretty happy person. And so, you know, if I'm walking around going, yeah, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you too, you know, I've, you know, it's been a bad uh-huh. time because <laughs> I'm really not that girl usually, but, but yeah, I was. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It happens. It's okay. You know, you know it's okay. It's, That's just reality, and and sometimes we need that. We need that. We need to be able to say, "Fuck you," because it helps. It helps to heal us. It's you know scientifically proven that you're some with a hammer and you say a bad word, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. I it is it is a way to self comfort. I am all about a little bit of the self comforting. Yes, and yes. um I don't have a problem with that at all. Um Right. Obviously. I do a lot of cursing on the show. I do even more cursing in my personal life. It's part of my vocabulary. <laughs> I've been yeah. I've been berated by people who have said things like 
why do you need to curse so much? And my stock answer is because I'm a fucking New Yorker. Um, right. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to have the yeah. deal. Uh, yeah. But, you know, well, it's in the, the DNA. The day, let's, this is how we roll. They're just words, for goodness sake, you know. I find there's a lot of a lot there's a lot of words that offend me <laughs> a lot more a lot more than you know the the George Carlin's dirty words you can't say right you know come on right there's there's yep. so much more offensive in the world than words they're just words you know <laughs> I know absolutely I I just find people sometimes are a little too precious these days and you know we're trying to survive a pandemic I think that's a little bit more important than worrying about um what what bad word Raina Starr used on the air I think people's priorities (laughs) maybe need to adjust yeah let's look at that there's so many problems yeah exactly exactly yeah. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna so, get there. We're gonna get there, and you know, uh, it's we none of us thought it was gonna be a smooth road through this pandemic. You know, um, have I have suspected all along that we would have a second wave. I don't want to be right about that. I would much rather be wrong about that. That would make me super happy. I'd never be happier to be wrong. So, but we'll see. Hopefully, not. sure. But, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, you know, and <laughs> don't you think that the second wave is this is this Delta strain or whatever it Probably. is that's happening yeah, I'm now? Because yeah, I'm, re- I'm very concerned that's going to become a second wave. And I'm not the only one who thinks that, you know. Right. So. I mean, I think, I think it's already, you know, it's not necessarily so much a wave as a rolling situation that mutates every once in a yeah. while. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's the analogy, I, I, and it's a bad analogy, but analogies are not necessarily my forte, but it's like when you get a hit mm-hmm. of some pot and it's good and you get high and then the next time it doesn't work as much so you need a little more and you kind of right. need a strain that's stronger. It's kind of like that. It's like it mutates. It, need, it yeah. gets stronger a little bit more each time yeah. and it's a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's what viruses do. So, that's, that's just what viruses do, you know. I mean, they're not out to get us per se. It's just what they, they're just being what they are. And unfortunately coexisting with these kinds of viruses is, isn't good for people. It doesn't work. So, well, hopefully, yeah. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. Yeah. Right. It's just, they just, they mutate. That's kind of the nature of what they do. That's why we have, that's why we have new flu vaccines every year because that's also a virus and that's what they do. They mutate. And so, ugh, but it's terrible. It's terrible, and my heart breaks for people right now, uh, for everybody that's going yeah. through it. And there's, I don't know, I was reading an article about it where there were a lot of people who just really didn't understand. And uh, you know what? At the end of the day, why don't we pay as much attention to science education in our schools as we do to the football team? Because I think that might help people if we cared a little more. Well about teaching people yeah, basic science, the, then maybe they wouldn't have to be so afraid of, of things like vaccines, you know? But there's a lack of but understanding you were talking about, But you're talking about an electorate who, you know, part of the electorate is still screaming that Trump won the election. I mean, <laughs> right, right. So we're not, a re- we're not a reality land. So, yeah, exactly. 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 So yeah. Well, critical thinking also needs to be logical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's no but critical you're thinking for going a certain on level of rationale. Yeah, you're asking for people to be rational about something that they're not yeah. rational about, and that's the it's problem. Just not rational. And yeah. You, yeah, I mean, so you can't really expect them to have normal reactions. Because they're not what I would consider, I'm prefacing that, 
they're not what I would normally consider to be in their right mind. Period. Yeah. You know, so the idea of getting it, it's very unfortunate. It really is. So, I mean, I can't answer any of that because I can't. (laughs) I wish I could. I can't. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, and we're, we're in danger of, of a situation where, you know, uh, we're having issues with voting rights. You know, there are laws oh being my passed gosh, yeah. that are limiting yeah. that are limiting access, and it's problematic. And it's not, you know, we lost another battle yesterday or the day before when it comes to, yeah. you know, voting rights. It's very scary, and I think. Folks have let their guard down because, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. The the voting rights thing is absolutely disturbing because the truth is if you, you know, anybody, anybody, if if you're a a legislator in this country and you don't think that every person has a right to vote, dude, you know, I mean – yeah. If you don't want everybody to vote because you're afraid that if every you know that if every every person votes, your party is less likely to win. What does that say about your party? It says that your party isn't supporting right. what the what most people want. So you have to curtail certain people's right to vote to protect to protect your job. I mean, that's insane. It's insane. And and it's it's been happening since the beginning of the country, let's face it. And it's getting worse yeah. and worse now. I mean, my gosh. Just look at super Jim Crowy out there right about now. And I'm not a fan. It's it's getting crazy. It is getting yeah. it is getting very crazy. And well, I don't June, think people June realize Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that Juneteenth, um, you know, is yeah, it's awesome that they made it a national holiday. I'm very happy that they did, but but boy, it just kind of feels like a band-aid on a really big wound. And you know, I really would, I would love to see Juneteenth become a day of action for white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? A day sure. where white people sure. are calling their congressmen and call and sending emails, and shopping with black-owned businesses. Let's do this. Yeah. Come on. We, yeah. we're, I mean, I'm not going to, you know. And then people of color celebrate your Juneteenth and have a good time. We need to take our turn that day and, and every day <laughs> and every day to, 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 to do something positive, to try to help the situation and you know, to me, that's really important. Yeah. That's what I did on June. I spent some time on Juneteenth calling the, the leaving messages for, because, you know, it was on a weekend, yeah. leaving messages for the uh, Republicans who voted against it and telling them why I thought it was crap that they did that, you know. And, yeah. and I let them know I'm a white person, yeah. too. I think that's really important that we need to stand up and say, yeah, I'm, I'm letting you know I'm a white person and I'm not okay with this. We have to do this because it's not going to get better if we don't. Not going to get better. I know. We, can't, well, we absolutely I mean, we can't allow. You know, we can't allow this this blocking yeah. this this the way that they're doing the voting rights is. Oh my gosh, it's super messed up. I can't even imagine Agreed. what it would feel like. And and that's my, that's part of my privilege. I, I feel like I can imagine, but I really can't. I know better than that. I know that there's no way in the world I can understand what that feels like to know that I might not be able to vote because of systemic problems that they're trying to make worse right now. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. I can, but I can't. You know what I mean? I could oh, no, I do know what you mean. I don't, you, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, and and that really to me is have, very hurtful. And as a as a voter, I how yeah. I feel like crappy, you know, when I go to vote, knowing that there's a lot of people who can't because of the 
how county that they live in or because of the color of their skin or because of their last name or all of these different reasons that they're working it out to make sure mm-hmm. that those people can't vote. And it's just, it's disturbing, you know, it's not okay. I, the only oh, thing that we can do really absolutely. that I know of is to just keep making the phone calls, keep donating to causes, you know, that are supporting the fight against the stuff and keep being vocal, yeah. you know, I mean, Jeez, it's a mess. It's a mess out there. So when we talk um, about going back to normal after COVID-19, I don't think that normal is yeah. really, we, I don't want to necessarily go back to exactly what normal was. I think that, I think that we can go back to good. Um, but I think that what, I think that what we had previously is definitely going to be different, you know, and I think that, going through COVID is going to change a lot of people's viewpoint on a lot of things. I think uh, during flu season, there's some people who are going to wear masks again because they either don't want to catch the flu or maybe they feel like they're coming down with it and don't want to share it with other people, which is awesome. You know, I think that um, being sequestered like we all were and everything. And then the George Floyd thing brought a lot of things to the surface that needed to be brought to the surface. And we've talked about you, you and I've talked about this before, you know? Um, so, oh, yeah. so going back to normal, isn't going to be normal, but maybe it'll be better. That's what I keep hoping is that maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be that thing that was broken that we fixed with some gold. That's what I keep hoping. I hope so. It will be that, that's, and that's a that's a that's very positive, and I wish I felt that positive. But no, I, really I don't, don't always. <laughs> There's lots of times that I don't. <laughs> the world I mean, for it bothers for today me. while we watch the I know news, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I just I'm so I'm too nervous to let my guard down is just too it's too soon for me to feel like we can go because I work with some I mean most of the people I work with are reasonable intelligent people but there mm-hmm. are those people that I work with who are you know the Trump is going to be president again and you know I'm not getting right. the vaccination, and my wife isn't, and my kids aren't, and no one who, who I care about would dare get this vaccination. And it's like, listen, and yeah. it's not just people I know. It's freaking people I'm related to. My own mother, yeah. you know, my, and I've, I've mentioned this before. My mother is a pagan who switched to Christianity, and that's rare. Oh, um, but it oh that is rare. And my mother's, you know. <laughs> I know, but she's like, I mean, and they say a reformed anything is dangerous, but I mean, my mother is so anti-pagan now, and, and my mother turned, you know, became a, a Pentecostal preacher, and she calls me up. My mother's 80, 81 years old now, and she says to me, don't get the, don't get the shot. And I'm like, why, Mom? Why shouldn't I get the shot? Because there, there's a chip in it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Mom, do you have a credit card? Mom, do you have a credit card? Mom, do you have a cell phone? Because I think right. you have both. Right. Guess what? They know where you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, my like, Mom, I'm almost 60 years old. If I was going to turn into a Stepper, Stepford wife at this point, I think my husband right. would be thrilled. So, you know what? Leave it right. alone. Just leave it alone. <laughs> oh, you know, my gosh. She, yeah, she, yeah. But, you know, and it's hard when you're related to somebody who does that. And I'm like, oh, God's protect you, Ma. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really hard. And, you it, know, and my it is heart. hard, too, because, of course, there's that worry as well, you know, that, yeah. you, you know, you don't want to yeah. see your, you don't want to see your loved ones allow their, um, their paranoia and stuff to cause them to get sick. And that's really upsetting. So it's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. Well, you 
there's there's something even even though she has converted to Christianity, there's still something magical in there because my mother has not left the house I think in two years like before the pandemic started. Um, you uh-huh. know, being the age she is, not being able to drive anymore. My mother had a stroke just before the pandemic hit, and you never want to say that something horrible can help you, but it kept her away from other people. Like she has a home health care mm-hmm. nurse that comes and sees her and takes care of her because my mother's a fucking princess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, so my mother is, is very, her safer. she's very yeah. well taken care of. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's actually kept her safer than if she had yeah. been allowed to continue to go out and preach every every two days which is what she was sure, doing. Sure. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah. she's still alive because of, to be honest, because of COVID, because my mother, you, you know, you've heard about the the churches who continue to have services in spite of COVID and many people right dying. Well, my mother would have <laughs> yeah. been one of these people because as a pastor, she would have been going out to minister. So, I mean, right. you don't ever want to yeah. say a bad thing is a good thing, but maybe it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I what the fuck do I know? I don't know every, anything. Every cloud has a silver lining, <laughs> right? You know, and maybe that's, that's the silver lining to that cloud is that it, it did keep her safer, and that's good, you know. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> weird. It is weird. It is, it is so weird. Act- yeah. Do you actively have any plans to travel, like in a number of months, next year? Like, what do you what do you have, you know, future thought? What do you have as far as travel goes? Will, will people be able to see you next year? Will they be able to see you this year in person? Probably not this year because I'm in Missouri, and I would feel irresponsible, you yeah. know, um, probably doing that. Also. Okay. Um, you know, we're kind of we're kind of stocking some money away to maybe move out of the small town that we're living in. So we're kind of doing that yeah. mode right now. But um, you know what? Maybe next cool. year. I I want to, and, yeah. and so does my husband. He's like saying the same thing. He's like, I want to get out there. I want to go do things. You know, um, I gosh, right. I I would love to go. I I like a crowd. It's fun for me. Um, I'm one of those people who I like to go yeah. be in a crowd, but then I, then I get like super drained, and then I have to go like be alone and quiet somewhere and just kind of like recharge. So you know, I'm exactly. one of those uh, introverted an introverted extrovert or an ex- extroverted introvert. I can yeah. never remember which one it is, but um, yeah, it's something like along those lines. But um, but no, I I really do miss people and talking to people face to face. So yeah. I. Hoping that next year maybe, um, because, you know, this is the other thing that, like, you probably know, but a lot of people might not know, is that when you do, like, a book tour and stuff, it's, um, you generally pay for it yourself if you're a pagan author, you know? Um, yeah. There's, you know, yeah. there there are big shot authors like Stephen King, who, you know, when he gets out on the road, his, his you know, his you know, he's getting all his stuff paid for, but us little guys, that's so of course. And, you know, this yeah. is a smaller niche. So yeah, when we get, when we do a book tour, we're, we're paying for our own travel hotel. Usually sometimes the bookstores will pick up some of that, which is awesome when they do. But, um, you know, you don't go into it expecting that you just, you know, kind of see how it plays out. But, um, no, I really do want to travel. I'm, I would, I do want to go back to new Orleans and, you know that would be amazing, and I I want to go I want to go back to Minneapolis, actually. Um, I want to go visit my publisher because they're in Minneapolis, and then I can do a book signing while I'm there. Basically, you know, there's no point in go for me. There's no point in going anywhere, you know, traveling unless I can at least take a, a day out and go do a book signing. You know, to me that would be really fun. So you know, we will see. Yeah. I, I'd like to get back I mean, to Denver too. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I personally, you know, I I consider you, believe it or not, even though we've never really met, I mean, there's just people you hit it off with, and I totally, just yeah. love you, and I'm, you Aww. know, 
So yeah, well, waiting for the time that we get to be in the same place, you know. And I would, and I would love to visit New York. I don't know if I could get my husband to go, but I would go because <laughs> he's not into big city. He doesn't like big cities very much. But I think it looks like I would have a blast in New York. So I really, I've always wanted to visit, and I think that would be so much fun. You know, I just want to walk around the streets and see the buildings and the people and eat the food and all of it. You know what I mean? Just want to do, I want to have that experience. Yeah. I would totally do that with you because I'm from there, you know, and I have, I still have like my, my mother still lives there and my aunt still lives there. And other, I think a couple of other members of my family are actually up there. And I would totally do that with you. That would be such a fun that girls' trip. So that much fun. The other, I know, but the other place I've never been to that I'm sure you have been to, New Orleans. I did go to New Orleans, and oh, my gosh. There's nothing like it. There's nothing uh-huh. like it. I I long to go back. It's like I don't know what it does to you, but it gets inside your heart. <laughs> and I'm good with it. I'm very yeah. happy about it. It gets inside your heart. It makes you want to go back. It really does. It's, I don't. I mean, it's it's the it's the buildings. It's the people. It's it's the it's the trees. I mean, it's like everything. It's just like I I can't even explain it. It's like super palpable spirit of New Orleans that just it gets inside of you and it just oh my gosh I really want to go back to New Orleans definitely it was it was an amazing time that I had there it was cool it was really healing for me I I don't know if we talked about that the last time we were talking but um, I was going through cancer treatment when I went to New Orleans I had I had cervical cancer and um, I was in the middle of surgeries so I had a my, and I, and I, this is the thing, and Llewellyn invited me to go down there to do um, a book signing at, for the library, uh, the Library Association. It was huge. Michelle Obama spoke there. It was like a big freaking deal. And I was like, yeah. holy crap, I can't even believe I'm being invited to this thing. There's no way I'm going to miss it. And I was super mad because I, I had cancer. I was like, I'm not letting this take this away from me. I'm already going to have to have surgery and all this other stuff. I don't know what's happening tomorrow, but today I'm going to have fun. And I just, I talked to, um, they told me what the date was of the event. And I was like, and then I had to tell them, I was like, so this is going on, but let me get back to you. And they're like, what? <laughs> so, so I called my doctor's office, my surgeon, and he's fantastic. I called his office and I was like, so here's what's going on. I was like, I would never ask to schedule a surgery around anything in the world, but this is happening. And they were, and the lady uh, that helped me with it was wonderful, the nurse over there. And she was like, she was like, oh, I can't even imagine not scheduling it around this. So I had to have two surgeries. My first surgery, they cleared me to go get on the plane the day before I left. And I went to New Orleans having had the first surgery. And then after I came back, it was like two or three weeks and I had my second surgery. So it was amazing, but it was so healing being there. It was just, it just felt like everything's going to be okay. I can't, you know, I I don't know why. Maybe it's because New Orleans is a survivor. You know what I mean? Yeah. How much New Orleans survived. And I was like, I can yeah. do this. It just, it just was, it felt so good to be there. I felt so alive and just, oh, my gosh, it was fantastic. I will never be, I'll never stop being grateful to New Orleans for that. And it just felt so great. And so when, awesome. yeah, when I got back, I was like, that was an amazing experience. And, of course, now I'm cancer-free and everything's fine. Um, thank goodness. I didn't have to thank go goodness. through what a lot of people yeah. do. You know, it could have been way worse. Luckily, it was just it was managed through yeah. surgery, and I was very blessed in that. But yeah, man, ladies, get your pap smears. <laughs> I'll play with that shit. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously. So yeah, that was that was my story of New Orleans, and it was just it was so emotional and beautiful, and I got to hang out, you know, with 
some fantastic people. Um, Jason Mankey and I walked all over, up and down. <laughs> he showed me the places where, you know, Marie Laveau used to walk down the streets, and he showed me where her home used to be and all this stuff. And it was, like, amazing, you know. Uh, like, this was – it was so freaking awesome. And, you know, we ate amazing food. You know, it was it was just so cool. Um, we I, I got to hang out with the, you know, the Llewellyn people, and I got to meet librarians, and that was fun. I mean, it was just an amazing time. <laughs> I would never, I would never give it yeah, up for anything. Oh, and and M- M- Michael M. Hughes and I went and got beignets and listened to jazz. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, Michael M. Hughes, who wrote the book Magic for Resistance, um, and did the the, the Trump curse. <laughs> we had a great time walking around and listening oh. to jazz and having some drinks and eating beignets. And I mean, it was just, it was an amazing mm-hmm. weekend. Um, so, yeah, I want to go back. I want to travel. I want to go back there. I, I'd love to go to New York. I, but I don't have any, like, I don't have any plans set in stone. Like, I haven't booked hotels or made travel arrangements because I feel like I'm more at the top of that. You know, we're on that roller coaster where you get to the very top right before it plummets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, you're like, you're like in midair. <laughs> you're just waiting. What's the next thing that's going to happen? <laughs> so I'm just kind of hanging in there and waiting wow. to see what the next thing is. Yeah. But I'll be back out there. Wow. I will. The vengeance, awesome. my friends. Awesome. <laughs> With the vengeance. I'm going to hug everybody that wants to be hugged, you know. <laughs> of, of course. So before we go, um, just tell people where they can find you and your products and all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's. Nikki Mueller, it's spelled with a M-I-C-K-I-E, and Mueller is M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Mm-hmm. If you search that um, on any, all the social medias, most of them I'm there. You know, you can find me there on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. Um, and if you search that on YouTube, you'll find my YouTube videos. But um, I'm Mickey Mueller Studio on YouTube. And... Um, my Etsy shops, same thing. If you just search Mickey Mueller on Etsy, my shop's going to come up. But it's uh, MickeyMuellerStudio.etsy.com. And uh, I've got lots of fun stuff over there. And, um, of course, my books with Llewellyn. Um, but this is a cool thing that I've got coming up, actually. In September, I've got um, – it's not my book, but I illustrated the heck out of it. Um, the Eclectic Witch's Book of Shadows, Witchy Wisdom at Your Fingertips. And this is a Deborah Blake book, you guys, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. I love her work. And anytime Llewellyn, I told her this too, anytime Llewellyn says, we have a project coming up, um, it's a book by Deborah Blake. I'm in. I don't even care. Just sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> so I did full color illustration yeah. throughout this book. And I'm actually getting ready to put up a sneak peek um, of that book the moment that I opened it when it uh, because I got a sample of it from Llewellyn. It's not out yet. It will be out September, in September. But I'm getting ready to put a sneak peek up on my YouTube channel. So anybody who wants to hop over there, it'll be up within the hour. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. I've got lots of fun things coming up. Lots of fun things. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Mickey, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me for the hour. I've really had a good time. Thank I missed you. you. Time always flies when we're talking. And I, I hope talking with you. I know. <laughs> we, listen, you and I always manage to have a great time no matter what's going on outside. It's always we do. Fun. We do. But I, I, I just have I, to take I a minute I to get give a shout out to Dorothy. Dorothy Morrison, shout out to you, girl. Yeah. Because <laughs> she sponsored this, and I love the heck out of Miss Dor- Miss Dorothy. She came to my shop years ago. I love her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I love her, too. She is she is my patron saint. You know, she has a product called, called St. Dorothy the Wicked, 
And <laughs> I love it. I love, and I love her. And she has been a tremendous, tremendous figure in my life. I, I just love her so much. But, yeah. So, Mickey, thank you again for coming on and hanging out. And I'm going to bother you to come on again. So um, look for a message from me in about an hour. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure, love you, girl. (laughs) Love you too, babe. Talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. All right, everybody. Bye. All right, everybody. We're going to end it here for tonight. Tomorrow, check in at noon. I will be on. It'll be Kachina Aurora time with Dawn Aurora Hunt. So I'll see you guys at noon tomorrow. Have a great night.